Hi, everyone. We're on today with Cheryl Pate from Angel Oak Advisors. You may recall we talked to her just a few months ago about the enormous opportunities for income investors in community bank debt securities. Now, since we talked, Cheryl, the world has changed a bunch. How is the community bank sector holding up so far in 2020? Yeah, thanks, Tim. I, clearly, we're in unprecedented times. Um, but when we step back and think about the banking sector broadly um, in a post-Dodd-Frank world, really, the, the banks are well-equipped to handle a crisis such as COVID-19. Um, when we step back and think capital levels are, are near all-time highs, balance sheets have been de-risked. There's a tighter lending box and a shift in, in loan mix into lower uh, risk uh, loan products and historical default rates for this segment of, of the market are extremely low. So if we if you think about what happened in first quarter earnings for the banks, you know, pre-provision, pre-tax net income was solid, um, but really the question was about the forward look. Credit costs remained benign and capital levels were high, um, but what we really did see was big reserve builds to address coming credit costs over the next several quarters, um, and we also saw a lot of banks suspending buybacks in order to accrete more capital. Um, if we dig into the fundamentals a little bit further, capital ratios are, are near multi-decade highs. Um, the banks are relatively better equipped to deal with a crisis of this magnitude. Um, and I'd also note that the smaller banks tend to hold higher levels of regulatory capital on average versus the larger banks, which provides them larger capital cushions. Um, the other couple things I'd highlight is liquidity at the bank has, at the banks have significantly improved over the last decade as well. We've seen increased quality of funding. Um, term deposit funding has declined from a peak of about 30% to just 12% today, while low-cost core deposits have seen a commensurate increase. We have credit quality close to all-time best levels. Non-performing assets are below 60 basis points. You know, clearly, it's, it's difficult to determine the magnitude of the increase in delinquencies that we'll see as a result of the pandemic, but we expect the impact to the banks will be less severe than the prior financial crisis, given the de-risking and deleveraging that has really come about by the significant regulatory strengthening that we saw over the last decade, um, most notably through the Dodd-Frank Act, which, which really required higher capital levels, higher quality capital, improved levels of liquidity, and tighter credit standards. So, so really, you know, to better position the banks to uh, weather another crisis like the one that we're currently um, in because of COVID-19. Okay. Now, specifically, you guys deal in community bank debt. How has uh, the, the smaller bank debt performed so far um, in 2020 as the crisis has unfolded? What we've really seen is, is the sector has held up well. Pricing um, across our, our various portfolios remains right around par to a slight premium um, on average across our portfolios. We have seen credit spreads have widened. Um, we've seen spread widening of about 200 to 250 basis points, more than offsetting uh, the Fed interest rate cuts. And I think that the wider spreads really highlight the attractiveness of the bank debt opportunity, um, really in a sector where the fundamentals are strong and supported by significant government support. Uh, the other thing I would highlight is um, this is really a very buy-and-hold investor base um, with no forced selling over the uh, last few months. It has really highlighted the lower relative volatility of community bank debt.
Okay. Now, of course, the, the big topic in just about every industry right now is the spread of um, the coronavirus and COVID-19. How has COVID-19 impacted uh, the community bank sector? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's difficult to determine the magnitude of increase in credit costs that we will see um, or delinquencies related to COVID-19. However, uh, Angelope does believe that the impact to community banks will be less severe than in prior cycles, um, going back to the de-risking, the delevering that we've seen over the last 10 years. So really, if we step back, the bank of 2020 is not the bank of 2006 from a quality standpoint. Um, I, I would also highlight that community banks have been proactively engaging their customers to grant short-term payment concessions on certain types of loans. Um, there's guidance out from the FDIC, which allows banks to restructure loans um, with customers without requiring banks to classify these loans as non-performing. Um, if we look over the universe of banks, generally what we've seen, um, loan modifications have amounted to about 10 to 15 percent of loan portfolios on average. Now, that being said, some of these businesses will not survive the crisis. Um, and it'll take several quarters for delinquencies to work their way through to credit losses on the bank's P&L, um, particularly given this forbearance, um, which, which typically is 90-day time period. Um, but in the meantime, banks are continuing to add to their loan loss reserves and accreting capital. Um, the other thing I would highlight here is, is we believe that the Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP, will be a significant offset to some of these rising credit costs as their government guaranteed forgivable loans. Okay. Uh, now, speaking of the PPP, I've talked to a lot of bankers uh, across the country, and the effort of community bankers in processing and funding Paycheck Protection Plan loans has been phenomenal. I talked to a banker last week in New Mexico who... Um, from application to funding, he was down to two hours uh, with businesses in his community. Given the performance of community banks with PPP loans, what does that tell us about smaller banks and their overall flexibility and ability to respond to events in the economy? Yeah, we've absolutely seen community involvement and engagement deepen during the current pandemic. Um, if, if we step back and think about it, the banks are really the, the backbone of the financial system, and the government is flooding the system with an unprecedented amount of stimulus. Um, and the banks are really the facilitators that are going to distribute and coordinate the stimulus effort. Um, so the community banks in particular, um, to your point, have been very active in, in the PPP. Community banks accounted for 60% of the initial uh, $350 billion. Of, of the first round of the PPP um, and had another $60 billion carved out in the second round. Um, and I think it, it, it's clear in, in all the banks that we're speaking with and, and having conversations um, with that banks aren't looking to make a profit on these loans. It's important for them from a community involvement perspective. And I think the message that we've really heard consistently is, is you know, we're a community bank and we need the community to be there when this is over. Okay. Now, as attractive as the opportunity in bank and bank debt is right now, what risks, Cheryl, do you see existing in the sector right now? What are the major risks investors should think about? I think clearly a credit cycle and the depth and the magnitude is the key risk in the sector, and it'll clearly be dependent on the length of the shutdown and the pace of 
relaxing restrictions and, and shelter in place orders um, and ultimately where unemployment um, settles out. So when we think about the community banks specifically, um, they tend to have very low exposure to consumer lending and, and you know really the majority of consumer lending today is done through um, credit card and, and small dollar lending where, where the larger banks are more dominant. Um, and the other thing in terms of community banks is they're what we call collateral lenders. Um, so in other words, they'll underwrite loans based on businesses' cash flow, but in most cases, they'll also ask for additional collateral and, and personal guarantees. Um, so that's really an additional layer of protection um, in, in downside scenarios. The other thing we would highlight is the CARES Act relief, um, as well as other stimulus and support, should help mitigate some of the stress on small businesses, as well as the ultimate impact to the banking system. Um, but ultimately, if we step back and, and even embedding higher default rate expectations, similar to what we saw in the financial crisis, for example, um, which was you know, 100, less than 140 basis points average annual default rate between 2009 and 2013, um, if we adjust out for you know the really small end of the spectrum, under 500 million in assets, um, that's really a subset of, of the bank debt universe, which we don't focus on or invest in. Um, that's where the bulk of bank failures come from, typically. Um, so, you know, when we look at the sort of community bank universe as, as we would define sort of 500 million to 30 billion, um, we, we really think the wider spreads here highlight the attractiveness of, of bank debt even in a higher default rate um, recessionary type environment. Okay, now, what, where in the community bank space is Angelic finding opportunities in bank debt right now? Yeah, I would, I would say the market dynamics have really shifted significantly to the positive post-COVID. Um, if we sort of rewind back to sort of late February, early March, pre-COVID-19, um, we, we saw deals coming out at coupons that were sort of mid to high 3% range or call it around a 250 basis point spread on average. And what we've really seen is a resetting of the market um, with new deals that have come out in, in April and May, um, more in the sort of call it five and a quarter to five and three quarters range or on average about a 500 basis point spread. Um, and, and that goes back to sort of embedding that higher default rate expectation. Um, you know, you're still being more than compensated by, by the wider spreads that we're seeing, um, which I, I think really highlights the attractiveness of a sector where the fundamentals are strong and supported by significant government support. Um, I'd also highlight that the forward pipeline in terms of primary market issuance is very robust in the bank debt market um, with significant pent-up demand. Um, if we look at the market overall, uh, community bank debt market has more than $20 billion um, outstanding, and annual issuance has typically been in the 2 to $4 billion range annually since 2014. Um, we do expect 2020 will be a higher issuance year, um, somewhere in the neighborhood of four to six billion, and we've seen roughly two billion of that so far this year. Um, the additional tailwind that we have on the second half of the year is we're going to start to see some refinancings of, of debt that was issued in the early days of this market back in 2014, 2015 that are coming into the call period. Um, and again, this goes back to the fact that community bank subordinated debt is a capital instrument and it qualifies for tier two regulatory capital. Um, the last five years till maturity, that capital treatment starts to phase out. Um, and, and drives a big incentive um, to refinance. 
Okay. Ultimately, we think. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, ultimately, we think the market um, will, will continue to grow in a, in a mature state. Um, we think annual issuance in this market would be in the 8 to $10 billion range. Okay. Now, looking at the community bank space in general, uh, you mentioned that it's the under $500 million banks that are really struggling. Um, do you see any M&A wave in the community bank space as some banks are performing, they're growing, and, but other banks, frankly, are struggling? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've been looking for an increase in M&A over the past several years, and we have seen um, M&A as a positive tailwind for the space for, for a number of years. But a couple things I'd highlight specifically in sort of the current environment is, number one, the regulatory backdrop has become more friendly over the last couple of years. And secondly, to your point, banks are, are certainly searching for cost savings and efficiencies to boost profitability. Um, 2019 did see a, a trend towards larger deals and lower premium transactions, um, which would include mergers of equals. And I think you'll see more of those type of transactions given that lower premium deals tend to reduce the execution risk. Um, so as I said, we've been looking for M&A to accelerate. Um, and it really, it's going to be based on driving better scale given what's going to be a tougher earnings and interest rate environment, as well as a high burden on technology spend and regulatory and compliance costs. And really, when you look at bank M&A, cost savings from consolidation are pretty meaningful. Usually, you're targeting improving funding costs, um, typically seen as, as buying a lower cost deposit franchise or reducing the number of physical branches, um, perhaps expanding your geographical footprint and or diversifying your business mix. As we move to a recession, we expect credit costs will increase and I think that can really incent more banks to consolidate. Now, from a timing perspective, I think you will see a temporary slowing activity in the early days of a recession. And if you look back to the financial crisis, we did see a decline in M&A in, in the 2008-2009 period, followed by a really sharp increase in consolidation activity beginning in 2010. And I think we could see a similar path here. Okay. Now, I know it's, it's tough to put together a really firm outlook given all the variables that exist in the economy right now. But kind of overall, what, what is your outlook for community banks in the sector over the next few years? Yeah, certainly. I, I think there's significant value that can be extracted from the debt of, of community banks and even regional banks um, as the banking sector is fundamentally stronger and less risky than it has been in generations. Post-financial crisis, there's been you know, clearly significant tightening of lending standards. Delinquency rates remain low today, even if we expect um, some migration upwards. We feel the banks are well positioned to deal with that given significantly higher levels of capital, um, continuing to build to reserves, um, and also the deleveraging and de-risking of the type of lending. Um, what that really results in is sort of stable balance sheets that should be better positioned to withstand economic downturns um, relative to most other sectors in the economy. Additionally, when we think about sort of the opportunity set um, and, you know, minimizing bank exposures to some of the more volatile sec segments of the economy, um, things like energy and, and retail um, that could be perhaps more impacted in downturn scenarios, 
Um, I think if you couple that with the continued theme of, of M&A in the sector, um, what we really think is that gives a pretty favorable total return potential um, to this investment. And, and um, you know, ultimately, what we're looking to deliver here is high income with low duration and low relative volatility. Okay, Cheryl, thanks so much for taking a few minutes out of your day to, uh, to talk with us today about the opportunities in the community bank debt market. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again uh, in a few months and things will look much better. But again, thanks for your time today. Thanks very much.